Hello, this is Moss Whelan, and I think this is a part two episode, actually. And I was just talking about hard magic, uh, as far as magic systems go. And now I'm talking about soft magic, or at least I just feel compelled to keep going and uh, contrast. Maybe we'll end up with a a synthesis. Uh, Episode 3, the synthesis. But this would be this would be the contrasting this would be to if if hard magic is the thesis then soft magic is the antithesis the counter argument hard magic is all about a, a de- detail system uh, of magic and it is full of uh, constraints limitations and the story is all about conflict or I should say plot and story are all about conflict it's all about struggling against you know great odds I'm just thinking of, of, of the cost of magic uh, that's something that has come up in the hashtag game that I co-host on Twitter. Uh, uh, Fantasy Whippalooza. Whippalooza. And uh, sometimes it's the analogy is like uh, drugs, uh, especially hard drugs that if you do magic, uh, you're you're playing with fire. You, know, you are going to most likely get addicted, and eventually it's going to kill you. Uh, it's also going to change you. It's going to turn you into um, uh, somebody else. And there's these great descriptions. I'm thinking of. I uh, can't remember names at the moment, but one of them was uh, uh, eyes turning uh, dark or black. And uh, one of the writers on Twitter is doing a Nordic or Norse-inspired fantasy world and actually describes the the dark elves or shadow elves as... Uh, these kind of people. So there's a drift away from being a, an elf of light to an elf of darkness. And I thought, I was like, well, that's, you know, interesting, topical. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've lost somebody uh, fairly recently uh, to two hard drugs, and I, I know... Uh, I know what it does, I, and too, I've always, I've always had some idea, even as a kid, just seeing how people change, and, uh, and to the, you know, the sadness that uh, we get, we get to the point where we feel that we have to uh, hurt ourselves in order to function, 
and uh, what that what that says about us, what that says about our culture. In contrast to this fellow who's you know just jogged by. <laughs> you go, guy. It's a bit of wind. Ooh, some creaking trees. Just uh, attempting to create some kind of baffle or barrier for the, the phone. So I'm talking about soft magic and uh, opposing, opposing hard magic. So soft magic is soft. You know, it's not... It doesn't have uh, a system per se. I keep seeing Harry Potter come up, but there's an, an education that's necessary, or I suppose, and there's so many sort of uh, sub-stories within that universe, of uh, that fictional universe, of, say, people going off and doing research into these uh, types of magic very much reminds me of Clive Barker's uh, Hellraiser stories where um, and two, getting this backstory for um, the character of Pinhead and this strange uh, view of uh, this character Pinhead who is, on one hand is a demon, and then on the other hand has some kind of <coughs> moral, you know, sort of like one of these gray characters. So, yeah, uh, uh, interesting, interesting stuff. So, I, I, a question would be, uh, if there's no, if there's no system or there's no hard, detailed system, and for some reason I'm thinking of you know, the magic equivalent of uh, an H-bomb or an atomic bomb. That it, it should be possible to do something like that very easily. And yet, and yet it, it doesn't seem to be. One of the, one of the arguments was uh, using magic as a deus ex machina. And... Ah, now I'm arguing against soft magic. One of the nice things about Harry Potter was that the, the magic was often invested in an item. So it wasn't something that a character had power over it was more that they could do it as long as they had the object and there would be limitations on when one could use the object I'm thinking of a cloak of invisibility that it would not work so well during the day when there would be a lot of people walking about because all of a sudden they're bumping into this invisible um, obstacle. But 
But I, I just want to go for extremes and... Uh, if all of the uh, all of the limitations were taken off and that we sort of achieved a, a true soft magic state what would that look like that you you would be able to do anything you had godlike powers and the only thing holding you back was your own say, uh, moral, moral fiber, say. Just, <laughs> just getting my bearings got lost for a second there. Just uh, do up, do up the zipper, the coat. It sort of seemed that way with with uh, the force. It, it seems, though, to have this kind of... Um, if, if you go and you get the training, that you will have... That that will strengthen uh, your ability. You know, that Luke starts out and he, he... He knows that he has a lot to learn, which means that there is something to learn... And I'm thinking of Harry Potter, and that again there is uh, there's something something to learn that you know he doesn't just wander around and um, and two he can do things these you know sort of accidental it's like his his wishes uh, come true you know, he's leaning against the glass window the snake is on the other side. This is at the zoo, I believe. And technically, uh, Harry doesn't know magic, but it's you know it, it happens. The the glass disappears, the snake comes out, and they have this uh, conversation. I mentioned a wrinkle in time earlier. It's weird that I'm not bringing up sort of more mature literature. Let's do that. I have I've read Gandalf, uh, read up, you know, sort of. Gandalf is much more powerful than one would think of, uh, and yet there seems to be um, the limitations of the world are such that. You know, he's not, you know, zapping people with lightning bolts. and it more has to do with a kind of force of will. I'm thinking of when he meets... Um, meets a king. <laughs> I want to say it's Theoden, but I could be wrong here. The king of the Rohirrim... Uh, Worm tongue is there, sort of, sort of feed, feeding um, fear, right? Fear mongering, and the king has 
has sort of gone, gone kind of rotten and has to shake, shake off this, uh, this hate and this fear. And I'm just thinking of, you know, if it's truly soft magic, if this is truly this, you know, angel, angelic being, he could just sort of reach out his, you know, shoot, could sort of shoot the king with the lightning bolt, you know, of healing. You know, I'm going to heal your mind, zap. I, th I suspect that the, the best way to do soft magic is that it isn't uh, omnipotent and that it is it's almost like that, that everybody has this ability and it's, it's sort of just a natural event perhaps you know some are, are sort of more attuned to it I'm thinking of, say, Olympic athletes or people who work in certain fields that uh, have more prowess. <clears throat> so soft magic. I'm just walking through a I think this is a truly muddy, uh, muddy part. This area that I'm walking through feels very much like uh, a central park. In Vancouver we have this park that is sort of on the, it's on the border between two parts of Vancouver. One that is the city of Vancouver, and then the other is the city of Burnaby. <laughs> it's a soft magic. Another description that I've seen is that there is an abundance of magic that say it's it's kind of a part of the environment. <clears throat> I kind of like the notion too that uh, depending on a person's um, state of mind or sort of, you know, if they're in an emotional crisis, that they, they might have more ability than somebody else. And just found somewhere to sit and take a break. So yeah, like, uh, or, or say, you know, that there's this celebration that's going on and there's this kind of gathering of people that it, it, 
it almost like focuses the the magic and that they're able to um, to have more just to backstep uh, less rules and it, it feels like say in in Harry Potter it's um, it's about knowing um, the word that the words have to do with the magic these um, Latin uh, words <clears throat> Um, so if you don't know the words, you're you're not going to be effective. But somehow the words uh, are uh, able to focus, you know, your your magical uh, ability, your your natural this power you have. If it was truly soft, there would be not be so much. There there would not be so much um, limitation. I'm thinking almost like say. Like, you know, you'd shoot a magic bolt, you know, at someone, this magic arrow. You know, you'd flick your wand and out would come this arrow. And it would depend on your aim. It would depend on the other person's ability to um, duck and dodge or block. Like, you use a magic shield. So it it almost became hot hand-eye coordination rather than um, the actual uh, bolt itself. I'm just thinking as well that... So if, if that's the case, then, you know, this, this magic arrow, that each person would have this ability to use the, the magic arrow, and that, that there would be no... Um, that it would be equal. And I'm thinking, you know, sort of like as a real arrow, or even a bullet, right... That any time you use this particular spell, that it had the, the same effect, and really it depends on where it hits you and say how much damage it does. But each time that arrow is used, it's the same, which is actually very much like uh, uh, Dungeons and Dragons. It's very similar to um, say how how uh, how a spell is loaded, right? How much, how much damage it does. Ah, there's the difference uh, in Dungeons & Dragons. That, so your level would control the amount of damage. There's also a random quality, because you roll the dice. So I'm, I'm, I'm attempting at this point to get closer and closer to a, you know, the perfect soft system. I find myself returning to The Wrinkle in Time because there were so many things that were just so, you know, mind-bogglingly big, right? Um, The the ability to tesseract, right, to travel through space, um, to, you know, basically teleport yourself to another planet. I liked, uh, it was just, it, I read something that pointed out that H.P. Lovecraft was sort of obsessed. He, he, he liked this notion of being able to cast your mind, right, to send your mind to another planet and that you would occupy the body of an alien. Um, although more likely in, in his stories it was that an alien would, you know, sort of be taking over your body and your mind would be exchanged, you would end up on this alien planet. Or, 
creatures from the past or the future would be doing this. And there, there, there was a particular um, exodus that was going on. There was a particular race that was, um, as soon as you know, their population, their species was facing extinction, they would, you know, sort of send their their minds, you know, through time or or space, through time and space, actually. And yeah, that that seems somehow more feasible than you know sending your body, right? Um, physical matter, that that would be much more difficult to do. There is the question, too, of ethics, right? (laughs) In the story, or at least the story I read where this guy was projected to another planet, I think it was H.P. Lovecraft, you know, but he spends, he spends a long time there. I don't know if he actually learns the, the language, and, um, but he's just sort of, you know, they they just let him wander around, right? Keep him fed. Um, and too, it's 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 a bit of that travel log again, you know, that we have the this first person kind of journal entries of of this experience. Uh, and the horror of it. So there's that. It's, it seems mostly to do with, um, say, say levels, right? That, you know, as, as you uh, exercise your powers that you... You know, you you grow in them, and then um, eventually you get to Luke Skywalker status, right? <clears throat> Old Luke Skywalker. I was watching the the, um, the first movie or episode four of Star Wars, and there's this moment where, plug your ears if you haven't seen it, and you don't want to have spoilers, but Obi-Wan is, um, he says something like, say, if you defeat me, I'll become stronger than you could ever possibly imagine, and there's this connection to, connection to the Force, and sort of say, almost like becoming it. Because there's, you know, Darth Vader swipes at him, and this, you know, the brown cloak, Obi-Wan Kenobi's brown cloak just falls, you know, as if there was nothing there. There was almost like a, you know, he had, he was already a ghost, and he was just looking for this excuse to, you know, pop out, vanish. out a barricade.
about halfway through this episode. So the soft system doesn't have the mechanics in the way. You can you can access magic, you can use magic. Um, kind of like, say, uh, tapping into um, a source of energy, like, say, uh, almost like electrical power. And that, that the argument is that you... that there is, is no limitation, that you just have access to this omnipotence and you can do this, you know, amazing and amazing and bizarre stuff. I don't think there is uh, an actual soft magic. I don't think that that uh, is possible. Unless you say, looking at deities, um, omnipotent beings, something I like thinking about is what if what if these um, omnipotent beings that it's kind of like the metaverse situation that they are conscious like that they don't or I'm sorry they know that they're in this virtual reality and that they're able to bend the rules that uh, construct it. Which, which kind of makes sense. Just making another, another crossing. That's why I'm on this track. I'm sort of looking for this address just to see if I can uh, walk here. Oh, okay. I'm in the neighborhood. sort of uh, preemptive you know, that I know that I'm going to be looking around for the address and say, oh, you know, it's like uh, how do I get there, where is it so one of the things I've got to do just to make it easier make the whole thing easier
soft magic. So if the if the argument is that it's kind of an endless deus ex machina, you can just fix everything with magic. Uh, kind of like those time travel shows where, you know, I'll just go back and I'll fix it up. Now I'm thinking of Groundhog Day. Uh, or most most recently I saw uh, a Netflix show, which was uh, Russian Doll, and Russian Doll was uh, similar and different. And it was it was it was more about the um, the story. Right? Say Groundhog Day, um, uh, a man is forced to relive the same day and we don't actually know how many times he's done it it could be thousands you know it could be who knows it could be millions to my uh, I, ha- I haven't been down in this street before it's uh, so it's, a, it's a bit uh, a bit windy and maze like I, th- I think then the um magic and that it is absolutely normal and everybody has magic abilities you're, you're actually strange if you don't have, right it's kind of viewed as a disability if you don't have magic be similar to say um, technology an interesting uh, use of it or say playing with it could be uh, viewing it in the same way as our technology that say you have to have the money to buy the technology um, you have to have some level of, uh, you know, say, operating the technology. Mm, different things, too, like, say, um, fixing a car. 
that there would have to be some interest and training involved in order for you to fix the magic and say you have a magic vehicle and you're going to have to get a magic mechanic in order to fix the magic vehicle. Maybe you've you know focused your uh, maybe you focused your magic on something else other than you know the mechanics of a magical automobile. a little bit of a break while I navigate here. And I'm back. I just needed to focus on the uh, geography where I am. So it's checking a map and yeah, it's just getting an idea orienting myself instead of occidenting myself. So, uh, yeah. Soft magic. That <clears throat> the, the perfect soft magic is going to be uh, very accessible and it's like uh, having access to running water or some kind of natural resource, um, very common and ordinary, which sort of flips the trope uh, because usually it's the other way around that it seems like there's more um, in a in a hard magic system that there are more magic items and magic weapons than there are actual people who can use magic. I like, too, the notion that, say, somebody who uh, makes a living by enchanting items, right? They, you know, kind of like a tinsmith, right? They manufacture these objects, uh, for uh, household use, you know, enchanted items, like, uh, traveling from village to village, and uh, and not to not just um, uh, manufacturing and selling, but repairing these uh, pots and pans. For some reason, I'm, I'm thinking of uh, Discworld. Just the... It always feels like magic there is a common phenomenon. And while there's regulation, it's, it's more common than not.
like say if you you know if you really wanted to you know get some kind of magic item and say you haven't had enough cash um, or you know get a spell or whatever that you you know that that could happen uh, in my own thinking of the the magic story that I want to do that it has to that there's a that there's a kind of guild at work. And that while it's a, a natural resource, that not everybody is um, especially skilled at it. What am I thinking of? The analogy you might not like is storytelling, that anybody can write. You know, anybody can, a child can write a story, but it gets into uh, craft and it gets into it gets into craft, it gets into uh, training. There's this argument going around: uh, can you uh, can you train somebody? To uh, you know, in the craft of writing, is creative writing possible? Right? If you go and take this, if you go and take the classes, it, I, I, that, you know, my feeling is that my writing has changed. I have a natural inclina- inclination towards a really confusing uh, communication. <laughs> yes, now I'm noticing that there's a there's a lot of uh, traffic, so I'm I'm not sure if I'll be entirely heard. So. There we go. I'm using my old winter glove to uh, hopefully create something of a of a baffle or a you know, kind of a a cushioned tunnel. Um, and uh, I might have to stop again because I'm not sure if I'm not sure if my bus is on the way. I'm going to take the bus back because I've been walking for apparently for five kilometers which is a pretty good walk yeah the bus is coming so uh, I shall continue this uh, later alright so we're all done and I believe I was talking about uh, soft magic system, the system that I was, or that I am uh, toying with. So it's, it's beginning to feel like it's a bit of a hybrid because I do like the idea that magic is this natural resource, but that it, it requires training in order to, in order to harness it. So there's a kind of wild magic 
uh, or there's expressions of it, like say, fairy folk or uh, creatures, uh, monsters that just sort of naturally are oozing this uh, stuff. It could even be that, say, you know, if you're if you're using this resource, magic resource, that it could be dangerous and uh, even deadly. <clears throat> so there could be legislation that is uh, taking care of this. Uh, laws, uh, enforcement even. And that's something that we see in uh, Harry Potter. We have this um, Ministry of Magic who uh, the limitation is that you don't get to show it. You have it, but you're not supposed to reveal it uh, outside. in places that are like um, uh, Diagon Alley, say, that that there are these pockets, uh, you know, probably hidden pockets, where uh, you're allowed to do your thing. kind of danger in that situation is that, that you you wouldn't want to attract attention and that's that's an argument that goes through uh, that you know those books those stories is that magic users are superior than muggles and the the order ought to be reversed. So there's a kind of um, a fascism at at foot, at work. This uh, argument of superiority And it's it's something at work actually in the um, the current uh, series of movies. Is it Fantastical Beasts and Where to Find Them? 
And I quite like that part of uh, the Harry Potter universe that uh, J.K. Rowling has, has created. Um, but there's this consciousness and a need to return to and to clarify and say, you know, look, you know, uh, it's always with us. You know, these uh, people who want a totalitarian state, uh, who want to, they don't value freedom and democracy. Um, you know, they want to dominate, they want power. It's quite odd, too, because sort of, even as a kid, it was sort of like, okay, we're moving towards something better. And and yet we have to return to... Uh, it was also a shock. I've, 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 I've read of people who didn't realize the direction that they were going in. You know, and then they sort of, it's like they've had this shock of, a, of awakening and awareness and, and shame as well. And saying things like, you know, oh, you know, my uh, grandparents fought in the war and uh, they, they taught me better. But we find ourselves falling into these uh, roles and traps uh, that it's, it's just very human. looking for a, a sidewalk or, or I mean a crosswalk to get off this street it's, it's a bit uh, bit noisy slash busy Let's seeing if I can find a quieter street crows so Last quarter and wrapping things up. Oh, there's actually a bunch of them. This is, uh, we have this thing in Vancouver where every evening the crows gather. Uh, it's kind of like in a, kind of in a, like a ravine. It's an industrial uh, park. <laughs> That'd be kind of a nightmare scenario to walk into that. I'm not in that area, but. There's a, there's definitely a murder of crows. So we're finishing up soft magic. So, I, as I said, I'm considering a kind of hybrid um, between the two. That there's this resource, but in order to use it, you know, that that's where the training comes in. So in that sense, it has a kind of force-like quality. It's there, it's accessible, but... You know, if you don't have the, the science, then 
then you're going to be, um, it'll be sort of unwieldy. Sort of like myself when I was starting off with learning, learning about creative writing and learning screenplay structure. And I had this confusion, like say, I was learning it, but I, I didn't see um, the application that uh, I would do something and I wouldn't know why, and that would take years to uh, just to get to this point. Just to even, just recently, it's this, you know, the difference between plot and story, and I had my kind of aha moment, and oh, story is on the inside, plot's on the outside. Does that fix everything? Nope. <laughs> Still doesn't fix everything. Aha, we have found a somewhat somewhat quiet place to continue to walk and talk. Soft magic. Yeah, the, the absolute, I, I think the two ends of the spectrum would be soft magic is that everybody, everybody is basically a magician and that you can, um, you have, you know, unlimited power. You're, you're basically a, a, a deity. You're able to shape reality and, uh, And then, slowly, as we place uh, limitations on, on that, we approach uh, hard magic, which it's just limiting and limiting to the point where only a very few uh, can use magic. And even then, it is incredibly difficult. There is something satisfying about that because of the amount of effort that has to go into uh, creating uh, this, this spell. I'm sort of imagining, too, that, you know, a whole story that is about one spell, right? That they have to go on these quests or, you know, have to go on the... The, the, the big quest is this, this magic spell, but, you know, they have to find ingredients. They have to find missing... Uh, texts, you know, that they, you know, they have this only bits and pieces of the spell, so they have to go find copies, you know, they have to go to the enchanted city of Wattledu, and then, um, you know, hope that the, uh, the copy of this magic spell, you know, or, you know, a grimoire, some kind of book is, is located there. And of course, it's it's gone, and so they have to, uh, you know, find out who who was the last person to take out the book and you know track them down. So there's a lot more going on. I think there's a lot more sympathy as well. With oh, I think I have sort of reached my synthesis, which is this kind of mix of the two.
uh, I'm really liking, you know, the, the notion, though, of one spell, right, that's being worked on. And that just magic as a whole is pretty ineffective. Uh, that it's not sort of, it's not worth wasting time over, or it's a kind of, it's a sort of hobby. I'm, I'm almost thinking of um, alchemy, like uh, Newton, right? And other early scientists are into this thing, but it, it doesn't really go anywhere. It, I mean, it, it is connected to, to chemistry. So you can sort of, you know, look at it that way. Uh, and then the, you know, the imaginative uh, component. synthesis. I suspect the synthesis would be more uh, towards more towards the hard magic for the main characters. Um, my, my mind has jumped to uh, deities as representatives of soft magic. Uh, a question there, though, is why would they why would they hang around? Um, I think too that it you know sort of amuses them. I had a talk with uh, one writer on Twitter that about Greek, just in passing, we were sort of discussing her her story, her fantasy world, and it has to do with deities um, like the Greek Roman deities and that I, I was thinking, is it, is it belief, right, that they are so preoccupied, they have to be believed in, and then, um, kind of like in American Gods, I, I, I just had this terrible experience reading it, but I, 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 I do like the uh, adaptation. Sorry, Neil. Sorry, fans of Neil. <laughs> Neil Gaiman. Um, Yeah, um, this this say desire for belief and can you um, can you switch it? And um, this other writer, she's uh, she has her some of her Greek deities are in uh, Hollywood, which makes sense. You know, there it's 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 kind of like being worshipped and adored, and uh, so that's how this one deity is surviving, and. And to my notion of, of this, the belief is, is, not, uh, is not what this other writer is going for. It's just sort of like where, I, where my mind went. Because usually, you know, with religions, it has to do with um, believing in, you know, this deity. That they are real, that they exist. And um, or something like saints... I was just thinking of saints um, the other day, and just how there's a kind of pantheonistic quality um, uh, to these sort of sub-deities, right? They're sort of allotted a kind of um, portion. You know, if you, you know, if you're, if you're traveling, right, um, you're going to pray to a certain uh, saint, right, to 
intervene or to take care of you and how does that fit into say soft magic so yeah so I'm, I'm, I'm arguing at this point that they are uh, deities etc are representatives of uh, soft magic in my own fantasy world there is an element of that and that sort of the the closer that you get to this um, that the place the abode of uh, of this um, deity that was it time and space breakdown and that it does you know it does get closer to this omnipotence and um, you know magic right the potential for magic increases or that sort of I'm arguing I'd, I would like to sort of swerve in the, the last few minutes here to swerve and just to mention um, Tolkien's how Tolkien split it up that he did I mentioned it before but he did uh, power versus wonder and that's and that and he, he was calling wonder uh, enchantment and the chant being song right song or song or language or words stories that 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 was sort of one type of magic and then the other type of magic was about power or domination and there's probably a similar um, similar component like say you know the chant when he when he sort of said you know on one side is wonder and enchantment and then the on the other is uh, the I guess the absence of that kind of discord um, not being in harmony and I found another place to sit so I'm sitting and just giving giving everything a bit of a rest before uh, hitting the hoofs once again So, uh, in my synthesis of the two, um, maybe that's to the, you know, sort of the next uh, episode, part three, can go more into talking about a synthesis of, of uh, hard magic and soft magic. Because this just doesn't feel like enough um, to just sort of say, you know, oh yes, you can have both. But I, I do like where the you know, the thought, the conversation is going because it, it is about um, the, the value of, of, of soft magic. The, um, if I'm looking at it from, from my perspective, say, uh, from the fantasy world, I've got Terrapin, which is that um, at the very core of oneself is, is this uh, potential, this... Um, uh, soft magic, uh, whereas on the outside is this uh, the hard magic kind of of real life living, right? Say you know how do you do how do you do the job money finance thing, right? You know and 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 still enjoy, right? And not get dragged down by the, you know a life of of cubicle a cubicle life. So just standing and getting 
walking again. So that's something I, I'm just sort of connecting my own um, fantasy world of Terrapin um, to the conversation. There is a sort of lost science um, to uh, to magic in in my fantasy world. Um, not just that, though. Intentionally so. Um, there are magical items of power, uh, and there are moments of uh, wonder. As soft magic. So, so the power of soft magic is is that what it suggests is that um, anything is possible. It's, it's the imagination. Like um, uh, Einstein. Einstein had kind of like a vision or a dream. He was imagining uh, light uh, traveling. It was something like that. It was, he, he imagined this... Uh, this event happening and then sat down and that it influenced his work. I can't remember exactly what it was that came out of it, but it was big. And now I'm sort of circling back again. I keep referencing Tolkien's essay on fairy stories and that was important um, it was important for me to sort of read somebody talking about a return to uh, what is essential and was what is important uh, because uh, there's a kind of liberty instead of being bogged down in And the, you know the laws and the rules to just sort of allow yourself to uh, go off and explore. When I'm doing a first draft, there is a, a big feeling of soft magic, right? That anything is a poss- anything is possible. Um, and then later, it turns into there's moments there's moments of inspiration, but there's a lot of sort of hard magic where sort of you have to you know, uh, you know, use the toolbox, the writer's toolbox, and uh, be considering the reader, various things like showing, not telling, and then putting in sensory description, and all of those good kind of things. Thanks for listening, and make sure to uh, get out for a walk. Uh, is it hard stuff, good stuff? Yeah.